0: You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. Fuck you! Those are your last words, fuck you. Come on, you can do better. Cut! Your shit are dying, you know that? <laughs> the following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program.
1: Night gathers and now my watch begins. Welcome to the Throne Room, the unofficial Game of Thrones podcast, a PoppyChulaRadio.com original series. PapiChulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, April 17th, 2019, and I am your host, Brittany Garcia, Lord Commander of this particular night's watch. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the HBO series, Game of Thrones. Please welcome my co-host, Aura Careño. Hello. Priscilla Rocha. Hey, everybody. And Vanetta Berry.
2: Winter's here, y'all.
1: Indeed, it is here. Let's jump into our recap of Season 8, Episode 1, which was titled Winterfell and aired April 14, 2019. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Upon returning to Winterfell with their armies, Jon and Daenerys learn that the White Walkers have broken through the wall with Daenerys' undead dragon Viserion. In response, the Northern Lords and their allies rally around Winterfell, though they are all suspicious of Daenerys and doubt the promised Lannister reforces. At King's Landing, Euron Greyjoy returns from Essos with the Golden Company, then consummates his relationship with Cersei. Bronn is bribed by Cersei to kill Tyrion and Jaime. Elsewhere, Theon rescues Yara, who sets out to reclaim the Iron Throne, but Theon decides to return to the north to help fight the army of the dead. Back at Winterfell, Jon reunites with Bran and Arya, and learns to ride Rhaegal with Daenerys' encouragement. Sam learns that Daenerys executed his father and brother, then tells Jon that he is Aegon Targaryen, the rightful king of the Seven Kingdoms. Tormund and Beric, who survived the destruction of the wall, encounter Ed and several other Night Watch members at the house of Umber's castle. The Umber occupants have been killed by the Army of the Dead and the Night King has left a message. The following morning, Jamie arrives at Winterfell and is recognized by Bran. Whew, that was a lot to take in for the first episode of Game of Thrones, but it wouldn't be Game of Thrones without it. Oh my so... Everybody, what was your initial reaction to this episode? And let's start with you, Priscilla.
3: Oh, my God. Everything, like, like it almost felt like I didn't have to watch a recap before to, to, to jump into the season because it felt like they recapped everything perfectly for me. Like, it gave me just enough to know what I'm getting into this season, It to know that I'm right back with the White Walkers. I'm right back with Sansa. I'm right back with Danny. I'm right back with Cersei. Like it just it it immersed me in the world again and I'm glad of it. Like I loved this
1: episode. Oh my god, I got to jump on you with that. This was such a great premiere. It was like one of it's again, usually the premieres are like set up like yes they're picking up from where they left off, but it's also the setup like everybody the reunion like this episode should have been like called reunions because that's what this was like everybody was getting reunited even at the very end it was a small minor reunion that i i knew that they were going to end it on that like as soon as it happened and i was like oh my god i cannot wait to see what else is in store because we still have a couple more reunions to go so i completely agree i loved this episode so vanetta you're next what did you think of this episode
2: well, I really had a great time just picking up on all of the reunions and all of the the ways that they tracked from the first season to this season and all of the throwbacks and the Easter eggs. I thought it was amazing. And um, my kids don't watch Game of Thrones because they're weird. So I'm like by myself in my room going, oh, my God, oh, my God. And my kids are like, are you okay? I'm fine, I'm fine. Oh, my God, oh, my God. And then just, like, the whole time. And so they just, like, that that their mom had lost, their mind, lost her mind. And I did many times, and it was awesome.
1: Oh, my God. You are the first person right now to mention the parallels. I was going to mention that later, but I'm glad that you mentioned that now because... I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I watched this with my fam, and, like, I'm not gonna, I was the only one that was pointing out a lot of parallels at the beginning, or, like, during the episode, I was like, oh my god, that's when Arya did that, and oh my mm-hmm. god, this is that, and I was just like, I really am, I really am, like, a fangirl, but it's just, it's so nice, because despite whatever criticisms you want to say about the show, they love it as much as we do, and yes, it, you know, the show is not perfect, but I love parallels and trivia and things like that like that just shows the care that they put into this show and I just I have to applaud them for that so Indeed. okay yes so all positive for now Aura are you with us how did you feel about this episode
3: of course I loved it I <laughs> I think honestly 90% of it was just the hype I was so hyped for it I like planned all week what I was going to eat, what was going to happen, and, like, of course, at the last minute, everything went wrong. Like, there was a huge, <laughs> there was a huge storm here in <laughs> in Hamilton, and there were, like, it was, like, a huge thunderstorm. It was awful. So then my TV, like, started glitching, and I was like, no, <laughs> this can't happen. So I oh, basically... No. I missed like the first, I don't know. I want to say like the first ten minutes of it, and I was like completely freaking out. <laughs> and then everything like just went back to normal. And I, I did enjoy, I did enjoy the whole episode though. Like I loved all the parallels. I loved that how this episode was pretty much a, like a mirror of the very first episode, uh, from the beginning to like the very last scene. It was just so good, and I cannot wait until we get to talk about it.
1: Oh my god, I'm with you. I can't wait to dive in. You know how great these conversations go and how long they do, so I hope everybody sticks around. But before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Game of Thrones, here's our announcer with a few special announcements.
4: Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. Poppy is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help.
1: Okay, girls, we get to dig into this episode and I'm I am definitely going to start with Winterfell. And I will say that I feel like this episode what it did a really good job of is it didn't feel so like crowded. Like yes, we went from Winterfell, then we went to King's Landing, and then there was like other little things like with Yara and, and Theon and then the, the Night Watch. The Nightwatch um, guys come in, like, trying to go to Winterfell and stuff. So it didn't feel like we were hopping around, like, five, ten different places. It was just kind of these and mostly Winterfell, which I, you know, I'm a Stark girl. So, like, I was just so excited that we were there so i want to talk about that like i'm not going to go through uh every single scene that happened but i do want to talk about the reunions because i feel like that's what we really want to dive into and then we can get into the big reveals and maybe some moments that you guys really enjoyed. so um let's talk about these uh in this order that i have it here for us so we don't get all crazy so let's talk about the fact that we get a really cool scene at the beginning with John and Danny coming into Winterfell, and, you know, you could totally um, get the vibes of, like, even the first episode of Game of Thrones, which is when, you know, King Robert and Queen Cersei are coming into Winterfell, and it's, like, the same music, just a different mix, maybe a lower kind of tone. It's just, it's really nice. We get the little boy running around, Arya smiling because that's what she did in that episode, and I'm like, oh, my God, we've been with these characters for seven years. We've literally seen them grow and um we get the reunions here we a little bit of them we get uh but i want to talk about john um seeing bran and then seeing aria so um bran's reunion with like his siblings are so awkward like it's just it is weird but we have to remember like when he says his weird stuff like how john was like wow you're almost you're, you're 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 a man or something like that And he's like almost
3: I he's have the living a living tree right now. Like, he has yeah. no emotions anymore. Like,
1: exactly. just, just kind of slack. Yeah, that's what, that's <laughs> what I'm though. thinking. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not human. He's part human, or maybe not even anymore. So, it's it's interesting. Like, if he's not human, I don't know why he cares about the Earth or why people are going to survive. But So, he has to have some kind of emotion that grounds him, but I think mostly he's just there to do his job. So, yeah, that's always weird. And then we get a really great I think I think I was waiting for this the most the John and Arya reunion, which I don't think disappointed. So anyone who wants to dive into that uh, can go ahead and do so now.
3: Man, the fact that, that that she's like, she snuck up on him and he's like, how did you do that? And she's like, how did you survive the a knife to the heart? i didn't and it was just it was just so beautiful and like both of them together like hugging each other and then i don't know what was this around the time that he showed her the 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 blade and and, yes and she she was like valerian steel and you jealous and she's like no it's too heavy for me not bitch i have this (laughs) (laughs) i gotta say i gotta say Kind of like It was kind of odd to me, though, that she wouldn't tell him that she has the dagger, you know, that Valyrian steel dagger. Um,
2: that, that's that's what she did. She did tell yeah, him. It
3: was, it was just, like, kind of odd that she wouldn't point that out to him right away. Like, I don't know why she would hide that from him. But other than that, I gotta say, I teared up a little bit. This is where I started <laughs> getting emotional. <laughs> and it didn't end until, like, the end of the
1: episode, so it's <laughs> fine. It's I so think, good. yeah, I know that's all of us. I, like the way the way they hugged each other was, you know, a perfect parallel to the first episode. Like he carries her, and he looks like he's gonna cry. Like I know people kind of, you know, they kind of say that you know Kit Harrington is not the strongest actor um, on the show. I don't, be- I don't believe that, but maybe I'm a little biased. But I really feel like in that scene. You know he's there, and you could just see he missed his little sister. They were the closest out of the siblings, aside from probably him and Rob. So it was it was beautiful. Like I just I love that. I know. Vanetta, um, you have anything to say about John and Arya, John and Bran?
2: Um, I think I love the John and Bran scene because I thought it was really cute, and. I, I don't think that he got the the memo <laughs> beforehand that like, hey, Brand's back, but he's not really Brand. So he just kind of <laughs> gives him this like weird look, like, okay, you, you know, I'm not quite sure where you're coming from. And then when he um, connected with Arya, I was definitely like super stoked because um, I'm also a book fan. And it's really really f- frustrating for me that. You know, there is no last book. So I remember how all of this stuff is also set up in the book. And I finally get to see the end result. And so this is this is like even bigger for me because I've just been holding my breath about all of these characters. And I need to know what's going to happen in their lives. And so seeing this reunion was one of the the ones that I have waited for the longest.
1: Oh, I'm going to, no, you're going to make me cry again. I don't want to cry on this podcast, okay? I've done my crying. I did my waiting and all that stuff. I, <laughs> I fucking love the fact that she stood up for her sister. yeah, Yes. The, yes,
3: discussion. Yes, the yes. fact that she's like, Sansa's like the smartest person I know. I'm like, this is coming from the one who's like, I hate Sansa during season one. Like,
4: yeah. Character development. She's come
3: so yeah.
1: fucking far from
4: that. Oh, my gosh. It's so yes.
1: cute. It's adorable. And I just. I love this because while I, because um, I'm a big Sansa fan, I don't care. But I am also a Danny fan, so like you know, I, I will get into like a little bit of their tension and stuff. But I love that they just have each other's back. Um, this is a relationship that I've been wanting to see ever since they got they they re- reunited and it's there and it's so strong. And it's because they went through some stuff while John was gone. Yeah. So you know, and I don't know if he knows about it all or not, but he he needs to realize that. I, I, but I get it. I get where Sansa's coming from and I get where John's coming from with the, with the army of the dead coming in and like we, humanity's at stake here, but I also get Sansa where she's like, humanity's at stake, but so is, you know, so are we with other humans like Cersei. So we have to worry about both things. And so I get where everything's coming. I just hope there's no more bickering or tension. Um, but okay, speaking of Sansa, that's like the next uh, reunion I want to talk about here. Um, they had there's a little bit of Jon and Sansa where they talk about just very briefly about Daenerys, and I really love that Sansa's been able to pick up. She has been smart, even even in season one. She may have been of a little brat, but if you really pay attention to her character, when she starts to lose everything, she still finds a way to survive, even with her sassy you know snarky remarks which is what she gives a lot in this episode or glares or glances and when she reunites with Tyrion it's a short scene but I but I think with a lot of impact because we saw Tyrion and Sansa together a lot And remember we have that um that line that they had with each other back in like season three where you know she's the the bastard child and he's the you know, the, the brother that nobody wanted, or he's a dwarf, or, and they would, like, make a really good couple, but he was kind to her, probably the only person that was kind to her in King's Landing, so when they're talking here, I really love that Tyrion tells, you know, all of the people, all, everybody I know doubted you, and now they're all dead, or something along those lines, and she smirked at that, and I smirked too, because I was like, bitch, she, she is alive, like, I just, I love it, and, um, I also love that Sansa. You know, she tells Tyr- Tyrion that she thought he was the most cleverest man in the Seven Kingdoms, and that he's probably that he's a fool for believing that Cersei's going to help them. And was I just such a burn. That would and that, and she's
2: right. It was though. such a burn,
1: but she's right though. Though right, like I mean. She's oh, yeah. it, it 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 reflects back to
3: when she went to when she was talking to Littlefinger and she's like like the, the, I know you ha you, you wanna say the last word, I'll assume it was something clever. Like she always <laughs> says some some shit like that, some like little last <laughs> remark that's like all quippy and shit. Like always, like Sansa's always coming up with some
1: that, Sansa snark. That's what we are. Sansa snark.
3: It's great. I love it, but I don't know, like, I think, it, as we as, show, as people who are, like, watching the show and, like, can see the whole picture and know that, like, Cersei's not sending her troops, she's not sending her, like, elephants mm-hmm. over to King, to from King's Landing over to, to help out, like, the troops, like, she's she's not sending shit, so she's right, and, poor Tyrion's gonna find out the hard way but
2: Not only is she not sending her her troops, she's actually sending them, but she's sending them to attack. Yep. So they'll end up having a, a fight on two fronts instead of having the assistant that assistance that they thought they were gonna have. And I feel like this whole setup is like I feel like one of the brothers will die and then the other one will come back and you know... Choke Cersei out since that's what the prophecy says. <laughs> so, mm. I think that's she she keeps making her prophecies come true that she does not want to come true. Doesn't seem like a smart move, but
3: it's gotta be Jamie. Jamie has to kill her.
2: You think it's gotta be Jamie?
3: It ha- it has to be. I
1: yeah, it has to be. The ultimate redemption would be killing the thing that's been the most toxic thing in his life. I mean, I'm not saying Jamie you know, doesn't deserve blame for the shit he's done because he does. But I will say that when he is around Cersei, it's like he turns off his brain and he he listens to her and she, she manipulates him a lot. But when he's not with her, like, when we saw him with Brienne, like, he was we started to see, like, glimpses of a real Jamie. So, if he kills her, like, I mean, I'm gonna be cheering. I, like, yeah. I,
3: could, like I could see that as a redemption arc, but like, Maybe, it may be, but, like, I I can't see him being redeemed. I hate Jamie like, still, (laughs) to this day, like, I can't see him being redeemed that way. It's it's just, it's too easy.
1: I, oh, like... Oh, I think he's been redeemed, (laughs) honestly.
3: Yeah,
2: same.
3: Ever since Jamie got together with Brienne, I've, like, liked him more. And I think, I think that, like, Tyrion already got to kill his dad, so, like... They can split things up, you know.
1: That's a <laughs> up fam- that fucking family just like Bronn said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, just killing each other. And um, but I do think you know redemption is you know it's a journey. It's not a destination. And I wouldn't let things pass for Jamie if you know he did little good things. It needs to be consistent. It needs to be a, it, He needs to never go back to doing those things. And I will say, it's not just Cersei. I think his dad too plays a big part in the way um he saw stuff like out of the, all the siblings you know Cersei wanted to be like her dad Jamie just wanted to be a knight and then Tyrion just wanted to be loved so it's like you you have all these layers of these characters and Jamie I feel like is the most um gray area um but I, I find it amazing that these writers are able to get me hating him in the very first episode to now I want to see him succeed I don't think he'll you know go back to a glory like go back to his glory days or anything but i do think he he should become a better man in the process at least that's my hope for him but i do care about him now so you know props to the writers for doing that for me anyway um but um okay moving on to the more of the reunions i know we we, we got stuck on jamie but we'll get back to him um let's talk about uh Arya and Gendry and the Hound. Because that was... I feel like Arya's reunions were, like, the centerpiece in this episode. I feel like she's met so many people on her journey or, like, throughout the series. But, of course, Arya and Jon was, like, the number one because we don't see them together. We haven't seen them together since the first episode um, of the series. So that was just, like, legendary. But we saw her spend a lot of time with Gendry and especially the Hound. So... I kind of love that when everyone's coming into town, when, when Daenerys is bringing her army, she sees Gendry and she smiles, and I'm like, oh my god, my ship it's sailing. Um, <laughs> and then I saw, and then she sees the Hound and her face kind of just like, ugh. You know, but I just... And then they finally, you know, they get to talk and Arya is, cold, is as cold as ever to the Hound, but I think for me, eventually she'll warm up to him again, or just will, because he's not the same person that she remembers from king's landing um oh and, oh fuck now sorry i just thought of like the the hound scene sansa i wonder if we're gonna get a scene with them um but also yeah. you know her and gendry i think was like a, a highlight for me as well like they were definitely the smitten kittens like say they what you were will about, about yeah like say what you will <laughs> about Art.
4: <laughs> say what you
1: will about Arya, like wanting to be like a knight and fighting and stuff that she's still a woman and there was always a connection between her and Gendry. even when she was younger. Of course, it was more platonic, um, but I always thought that eventually it could be something as she got older. And now they're kind. Of, she she is older, and she's always liked him. And he complimented her. She complimented him. Like it's subtle, but they were definitely they were flirting through bonding over weapons. Like it was. Oh yeah. Like that was like the hottest kind of, <laughs> of flirting I've ever seen. Like I need I need that in my life in 2019. I need to flirt with a with with somebody over my weapons if any. <laughs> so like that was amazing. So what did you guys think of that? Anyone is uh can talk about this. I shit them so much. <laughs> oh yes
3: yes. Ever since like they met and stuff, and like I loved their chemistry here like it was so like it was so clear that they were totally flirting at least to me i don't know maybe some of you don't like like them or something i don't know but <clears throat> i just i could feel the sexual tension i have to say it yeah when they were talking about like kind of throwing it back to um him calling him my lady and stuff
1: i was like oh my god i was melting yeah. dying <laughs> <laughs>
2: I didn't. I didn't see that as much as flirting, as much as just seeing her excited because she was so worried about him. She thought he had yeah. been killed by Melisandre, and she, um, you know, she, you know, she had her list, and so I think, um, like seeing her just be relieved because remember she saw Hot Pie. Last, was it last season or season before last? And then, you know, just this type of reunion because she really didn't know whether he had survived. I thought that was really nice. And I thought that the scene with her and the hound was really cute because she's like, I left you, I left you to die. And then he was just like, yeah, well, whatever. You know, he's, I, he's
1: like, yeah, I robbed I you before there. I left
2: you. Yeah. <laughs> but he has this pride about her because, let's face it even though she hated him and wanted to kill him and left him to die she really does see him as this protector because he he had he protected her in not the nicest way but still he protected her for some time after her you know after they they got all the way to where the red wedding was going to be and then you know that whole thing and he protected her from seeing all of that and I mean he didn't stop her from being a faceless man but I think that that part of her journey was so necessary for her to be become who she is today and she recognizes that
1: yeah I think we're gonna get more scenes with them and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting and it's true that like Every time Arya did something dumb while she was around him, he had to go and save her ass. So it's, like, there, there's a bond there. Even though she kind of is bitter towards him, she'll learn to love him. Again. Or, like, not love him, but, you know, they'll reconcile or something. She'll warm up to him, is what I was trying to say. Yeah. And I can't wait for that. Um, the, whole, the whole time, like, with Gendry, like, I was, uh,
3: like, enhanced enhance i need to know what, what 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 weapon are you making i need to know what the hell that is and i when i saw the drawing i was like what the hell is this shit is this like <laughs> a spear like yep. a detachable spear what is this it i know needed- it's like a staff or something like that i don't know
1: i think i think it's a sp- i think it's a spear or like maybe a like a what is it um a double it's a double-edged spear that yeah attaches. there you go Yeah, I think that it might be that. And I'm like, I cannot wait to see her kick ass with that on the battlefield. I think he doesn't know how... I just kind of love that she hasn't told anybody that, like, you know, she's this badass assassin. I think they're going to find out for themselves. And I'm so excited to see their reactions. Because I think Arya might be, like, the best fighter there. I'm not not even kidding. I think she might even be better than Jon. And Jon is the one that's hyped up to be, like, the best fighter. So I think Arya can kick everyone's ass. So...
3: Well, I mean, I'm... she did kind of like defeat Brienne uh, last yeah. season. Yeah, uh, like
1: she's an she assassin, up. like literally a trained assassin. So, yeah, yeah I'm I'm, I'm really so hyped, hyped for her. Assassin. Yeah, I'm hyped for her. Like, I don't think I I've always loved Arya, but I think this season I am so ready for her to kick some ass. Like, I just and I want everybody to be like is So. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> <laughs> And I want to be shookers, too. But um, anyone else have anything to say about them before we go to the uh, to another reunion? Ooh. All right. All righty, then. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is... Um, well, I wanted to get... Yeah, we'll get into that. So there's a little bit of scenes that happen before I talk about this reunion that we're going to get into. We get a lot of, like, the Lord's... Um, uh in the hall of Winterfell there where everyone's talking about what they're going to do next. A lot of the, the, the Lords of the North aren't really happy with bringing Daenerys here with, you know, pledging to her. And there's just a lot of little tension there, but I just think the Northerners have a stick up their butt, like let's be real here. And they just need a, they just need to calm down, but I get it though. There's so much history of betrayal and just bloodshed that you just don't want to happen again. And, these people can't really believe what's going on beyond the wall or now, you know, without the there's no wall, no more, um, that there is a real threat here and you need all the allies you can get. However, I still think trusting the Lannisters is like the dumbest thing ever, but don't worry. We're going to, we're going to get into that, but I kind of love a little bit of the, of the Danny and Sansa, you know, kind of having tension there, but I love that Sansa's being, um, she's studying Danny. And I think, the more she gets to know her, the more she studies her, she will trust her a little bit more. You know, she's not, she isn't Cersei. So I hope that that ends up happening. And I really love that John makes his claim there that he said, what does he say? He says, um, I had to choose between, you know, being a king and, you know, saving the North. And I chose the North. And he's, uh, I wanted to say that, and I said, I chose the North. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, I hope everybody kind of just, you know, we don't got time for this. We got six episodes. We need everybody to pull together and to, you know, trust each other. Although I know that comes hard in this TV show. Like, let's be real. Look how long it takes people to warm up to each other. It takes a while. Um, okay. And um, among all of that, we get a small scene of, uh, well, not a small scene. It's a pretty, it's a, It's actually an emotional scene, but it's still a, a not too much to, like, um, of time that happens here, it's Danny going to see Sam, and she's there to thank him, you know, for saving Jora's life. And he wants to be pardoned for stealing some books. And they're just kind of talking there. But when she finds out that he's a Tarly, she finds out that you know she killed his brother and his father. And well, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say about this because like. At the time, I... Well, first of all, I don't like, you know, the dad. But I will say the the, the the brother, the son, you know, he maybe he didn't deserve to die, but he was being a dumbass, so he died too. But it's still pretty sad. I think Danny should have killed the dad and spared the son. I honestly think that that should have been, like, the best outcome that she should have had. So it is amazing to watch the actor. Um, I think his name is Brad. I can't remember his last name. But he... He... Just was it was so well acted in the scene where he gets the news of his dad and he's kind of like oh, you know damn that happened and then when she says that she killed his brother too, his emotions his expressions just totally shifted and it's him trying to be strong and not cry in front of her but it's just it is so devastating um, to see that and I hope this kind of opens Danny's eyes that the things that she does have consequences and. Tyrion warned her about this, and she didn't listen. And this is, she needs to learn. If she wants to be a queen, she needs to learn about, like, she needs to choose her battles wisely. And, look, it might have cost her somebody that, you know, you want to have Sam on your side. I don't know if she's going to have him anymore or if she can make it up to him. But that's really sad. Out of all the, you know, the small characters, you know, Sam, it was sad to see him like that. Does anyone have something to say about that before I go into Sam and John? Um, I
3: have like at work, some of my coworkers were like hating on Sam because he like reacted like that and went to like, he was like really angry. And I was like, why? Like <laughs> this guy just found out that his dad and his brother, like not just one, but, but like both of them died. And like, how do you expect him to react? And Sam is already like such an emotional character. Like, he, that's just, like, you know, his thing. He's very, like, in touch with his feelings and, like, I don't know, that's Sam to me. Um, So, like, I thought it was very much in character for him to react like that, like, very emotionally and, you know, just get angry. Because I, like, I have to say, I kind of didn't like Danny in this episode. Like, I love her, but, like, in this episode, I just, like, found her. Kind of insufferable. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. To see, like, this scene was just like, ugh, you're really messed up here. Like, you really shouldn't have done that. Especially because, like, you know, he cured Sir Jorah. So, just, I don't know. That whole scene was just so awkward and sad and ugh, so many feelings. I I loved the scene for showing how, like, differently ties bind you how like you can how you 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 see them and the first thing you think of is oh sam saved jorah and that's the first thing you think but you have to think beyond that and think oh but sam is a tarly and she killed the tarlies like with dragonfire like this past season and it just it complicates the relationship so much and you have to think now that Sam knows this huge secret with John, and how is that going to play out with how he reveals it to John? Like, is he going to be like, "Well, yeah, but now, now I know that you love Daenerys, so now you it, you it should be something favorable that that you guys should be together, or know that you should take your throne, you should take it away from her because you're the one that deserves it." because she doesn't deserve it because she does things like this because she's not the rightful queen. Like this, like it's little things like this that tip the scale that's, that, that, that start, that, that, that start things
1: out of balance that make things Game of Thrones. Like I love this. This is great. I like that you mentioned that because a lo- I, what I was reading a lot last year about w- with some of the fans going on is that they feel like Game of Thrones is losing its edge just because we're diving in more into the magical stuff. Like, all the mind games and the trusting and the plot twists, like, they're all gone because, like, Littlefinger is dead and now we're not going to have Varys and Littlefinger talks or, um, you know, Tywin is dead. And, like, all the all the major game players that were moving the puzzles around – are dead so now we all have to worry about magical zombies and you know valerian steel and the you know just all that stuff and i'm like i still think there's still humans are still a threat it's just that right now you got to band together to defeat this and then we're probably going to deal with like the human stuff but that stuff still exists here you know we still have feelings people are still going to you know they're going to be suspicious there's going to be some secrets um there's going to be some big reveals so we're still getting that in the first episode of the last season. So, I kind of trust the writers here with what they're doing, and I really liked what we saw with, especially with Sam. Like, out of all the characters, um, did you, like, did we really see this coming, you know, with Sam, you know, who is, like, a brother, or is a brother to John? You know, and he loves this woman who burned his, you know, his best friend's dad and brother alive, like, Oh my God, like this is the type of drama you want on the CW, but better. It's like, it's really, it's really fantastic. Um, and he gets to tell, I mean, here here we go with Brewville. He goes to John and he gets to tell him what's going on without really knowing that John and Daenerys have something. Although if you're smart, or no, I'm no, sorry, it's not if you're smart. If you have eyes. The sexual tension is everywhere. We get the three wise men even talking about them. Uh, you know, oh, they look quite cute together. Oh, look at them. Like, they're awfully close. I mean, they came riding in together. Like, it's there. But I guess Sam is just, he's, he's emotional right now. Every right to be. And he tells John everything. They, they have the reunion. They hug. and But he tells him. I can't believe they did this in the first episode, but I'm glad they went this way. With only six episodes, I'm glad they went this way. He tells him, you know, we put it together. Me and Bran, we put it together. I had a book. We, I, we, we, we researched. We did this. You know, your mother is Lyanna Stark, and her, and your father is Rhaegar Targaryen, and you are like their son. You were never a bastard. You are the rightful king. However, he. He does try to, you know, emphasize, like, you're the Rifle King, she's not, and blah, blah, blah. So, like, it's there, and John is just kind of like, no, my father was honorable, and, you know, it's just, it's, it has an impact. The fact that this happens in the crypts, too, is just, you know, and when the scene's going on, you get the shot of Lyanna right next to him, and then you get the shot of, like, of Ned, and it's just, it's, it's insane, and versus compared to the very first episode where you have Ned and Robert talking about Liana, and now we know the secret, and it's just, it is so crazy. I just love this. So, guys, go ahead and dig in. What did you like about the scene? Are you happy that they did the reveal so soon? Like, what's going on?
3: I'm happy they focused on Jon's face throughout the entire, like, scene. Like, mm-hmm. I'm happy that, that they, like, his face just went from, like, puzzled to like shot 100 just to kind of like <laughs> what to just no to like he was just not i don't know like like it wasn't co it wasn't connecting with him and then when it finally did he was just like this is treason like i can't i can't i can't cope with this it, just, it was it was beautiful
1: I was shooketh. I think, like, this was, like, I was eating, like, my little chocolate mousse while I was watching. And I literally had to, like, sit it down and just kind of take in everything. Because that was a big reveal last season in the last episode. Like, we were all waiting for this. We wanted to know if the theory was true. And then finally, John, get. I had no idea we would just get this in, like, the very next episode. If you're binging this, like, you are so lucky. Um, But it was just, it was monumental. And I want to know what he's going to do next with this information. Um, that's the big
2: question. I, I thought it was really interesting that, um, his response was like, well, my dad lied and Sam was like, no, your dad protected you. Like Ned protected you because you would have been killed. And I think that that was like a really important part to, to bring out because, um, you know, it's a game of thrones, but it. The last thing that Ned said to John before he left for the wall was, we are going to talk about your, your mother. Like, he was, he was ready to tell John about his true parentage, and then he lost his head. So it wasn't like he, he was trying to keep it from him forever, but I think that he had to keep it, keep it that tight because he knew the stakes were so very high. Robert Here, was
1: still on the warpath, and in, in the first episode, he was always he still really was. Yeah, and, so he knew it was. And a he
2: was—he was after Daenerys. Remember, he mm-hmm. was like, "I heard that there's another Targaryen. I'm gonna have her killed." And Ned was even saying then, like, "It's a kid. Why are you trying to kill a kid?" Like, you know, and he, like now we know that that was even more important to him. Like, why are you still after Targaryens? But seriously, Robert felt threatened by children even, you know, eight years ago. Yes. Yeah. So it was such a big thing for him to save him. And then and this also puts a parallel to the fact that Maester Aemon. Um, John was so close to him, you know, when he was at the wall, and that was technically his uncle. So that was, like, a really cool thing. And just, like, all of these little things, like, that come together in Game of Thrones, it just just makes me so happy.
3: Oh, my gosh. I love this show so much. I love that. um, (laughs) I love that, uh, you know, like uh, Panera was saying that the last time – uh john saw ned that he was like next time we see each other we'll talk about your mother and he was at the crypt when he found out so i thought that was just kind of poetic and yes it does make me think though like when robert died did ned think about john you know like you know maybe john can be the king one day like it just i i just started thinking about this as you guys were talking I was like wow i wonder like you know obviously this character their characters, but <laughs> still, like, I wonder, you know, what would have gone through Nat's head, um, like, did he think of John, did he think
1: John could be the king one day, you know? Oh, that's a good <sighs> question, because he said, the next time we see each other, I'll tell you about your mother, because see, there, we would have found out his intentions, like, but well, maybe it wouldn't be his intentions, it would be like, I'm gonna tell you this, and you have the information, and you do what you want with it um but it still would have caused conflict because man like Robert was just he held a grudge for years like I just he was dangerous so I think him finding out now is better but I do feel like John's gonna go through a lot of emotions and while I want him to tell Daenerys like right away um I don't know if that's even the best thing anymore and it's cuz i don't want her to think that you know like this is going to cause you know relationship drama so i don't want that for them i want them to be united um yes i ship them i ship incest it is known here um <laughs> <laughs> um but i i i don't want this but then again it wouldn't be interesting if we didn't have some uh drama going on here but i want to know what john's going to do um With this information, I wonder how he's gonna handle it, and how is he gonna tell, or is he gonna tell his siblings, but not Daenerys, because this is such a power move. If he tells Sansa about this, like she might use it, she might use it as a power move. Like, well, that means that you're the king, you know, she's not, and like, but I honestly feel like Jon. He doesn't want to be king. Like, even if he did marry Daenerys and he wasn't the heir to the throne, like, I don't even think he cares about being king. Like, I think he's honored that people trust him and they want him to lead, but I don't think he wants to hold that kind of power or responsibility. I don't think he ever has. I don't think he's ever shown that he enjoys it either, um, although he has the power to do that because he is a good leader. Um, So I see it as, like, yeah, he may be the heir, but maybe he doesn't want to rule anyway, um, but I think him and her ruling together, like they balance each other out. Honestly. I think they could really do that, especially with Tyrion like being the hand. Um, or Jabos too. Not a shipper. I'm just I, I am a shipper, but you got you gotta the, the ship has to make sense. There has to be a balance in there. They gotta even if they're uh, they they, they got to compliment each other in a way. They got to ground each other in some way. And Tyrion is that for Daenerys, but she doesn't listen to him sometimes. But now she's kind of listening to Jon. And Jon's a little bit dumb sometimes, but that's where Daenerys can be a little bit smart. So it's like, you know, they got to, you know, relationships, you got to grow with each other. And these two, they can definitely grow if they let it happen, but we don't know. I don't know what Jon's going to do with this. Um, I- I feel like he might
3: tell Danny. Like he's so honorable, he might just tell her and be like, "But I don't want to do anything with it" <laughs> or something
1: like that. Yeah, and then Danny might be the one that's a little, you know, like yeah. Ugh, you know, yeah. she might get, she might be angry about this. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, she is.
3: Like she might be like, "Okay, what do I do? Like, do I kill him <laughs> or something?" You know? Yeah, totally. But um, oh my gosh, what was I gonna say? I <laughs> I had something and it's on. <laughs> forever
1: yeah <laughs> it may it. it may come back if uh we keep talking about this but yeah no that's that's just a big bombshell that we get in the first episode but i wouldn't put it past the writers to like like just mention it again in the next episode cause we ain't got time for this although to be fair the last couple episodes are going to be like 70 minutes 80 minutes long so we, we're probably going to have time for it
2: um oh i feel like brand is going to I feel like Bran is going to say something. He's going to be the one to drop it to everybody else in a very awkward, like, family moment. Like, oh, yeah, because, you know, John's a Targaryen and a Stark. And everyone's going to be like, what? Only, only,
1: only a Stark <laughs> and Targaryen can wield this. John, get over here. And they're going to be like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, no. Um, I, 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 I'm so excited, guys. Like, I'm glad that. While I could predict some things in this show, I'm glad that there are some things I cannot. And I am just, like, I just want to sit down and see and, like, let the story tell me what's going to happen. So, like, I'm super excited about that. Um, anything else, guys, before I move on to the last thing that I want to talk about in Winterfell?
3: I actually remember what I was going to say.
1: Okay, <laughs> go ahead. That, is that
3: um, it's interesting that you mentioned about Jon not wanting to be a leader because it's true. Like, this guy, he, like, never wanted any of this and he like just keep giving him higher titles and he's like mm-hmm. no like I don't want this he keeps rising like, higher in the ranks it's sure, yeah and he's like no like I don't want this I just want to like be honorable like my dad and like no they're just like no you're the king
1: and this is it and he's like okay well I don't know what to do with this. They they kind of show the the stories of, of Danny, you know, trying to claim her her right to the throne because of her name, and she rises to the challenge. You know, she was if you remember her in like season one, how she was like she had no power because she was trapped by her brother, having to do everything he says, and then she rises from being a Khaleesi to a queen. And then we have John, you know, being a bastard, and he rises the ranks, but he's not really looking for power. He kind of earns everything that he has because he's just a good person by nature uh, i'm not saying that danny's not good by nature because she ha- she is kind even though she went through a lot of abuse herself she wants to be clean for her name now i see i see that she wants it she wants to be clean for her name but not for power but be- but because she believes she could lead people and she can be good for it so it's like two different um two different types of people here with what they want with the power that they have or what they don't want so I just kinda wanna see how that's gonna play out in this season with all with this big reveal, with this big news. Um and it's gonna be a testament to the relationship as and as characters. So this is the type of stuff I love. Keep giving it to me writers. Put me in, coach. I love this. Um, okay. So I know there's a lot of little like other things that happen in the episode, like John and Danny riding dragons, um, which I thought was really like great, you know, date idea. Um <laughs> Except I, for
3: the so awkward
1: dragon staring at you. Oh know. my there God! Were some people saying that that was Brad you know, going into the dragon and watching. Them. That was weird. <laughs> that, that was would be weird. And I'm like, oh Lord! But isn't that what Brand did? Like all the episode, he was just staring and waiting and being weird. And he's like, okay, I'm bored. Now I'm gonna go into the dragon and stare at stare oh my God. cousin and his and his aunt make out. Like okay.
3: There were so many memes about Bran
1: waiting at that courtyard. (laughs) That was amazing. All that. And and I bring that up because this is the last reunion we get, which is only like a split second, even a couple seconds, um, is Jamie and Bran. Um, which is a really cool parallel to the first episode. If you guys, re- of course, you guys remember the iconic scene. If uh, if the whole episode didn't get you in the pilot of Game of Thrones, the last minute probably did because of what yeah. Jamie does in pushing down the kid. I remember I, I I got a friend to watch the episode and he was kind of like, yeah, this is interesting, kind of whatever. And then we get to the scene where you know we it's revealed that Jamie and Cersei have a have an incestuous relation- relationship and Bran sees it and then he pushes him out the window to keep it a secret and I remember my friend at the last time was like holy shit like he was just like he was was all right next episode let's go like that hooked him and I remember this and then watching this episode where Jamie gets into town he and it also to parallel him going getting into town in the first episode where he takes off his helmet he looks like Prince Charming from um from Shrek
3: And track, he's, yeah,
1: yeah, and he's like in his his golden armor, the Lannister colors. Like he's just you know he's there with a presence. And then here he's like in a dark cloak. He's hiding himself. His gold, like it's he's with his beard. You know he's so different. He's and been then it. he's been through it. It shows who he is now. Like he's not there to be recognized. He's not there for glory. He's, he's there for a mission. He's there to redeem himself. He's there to fight for for for, for humanity. And he gets off his horse, he takes off his, his hood, and he sees Bran. Which, by the way, Bran kept saying in the episode, or he just said it once, you know, I'm waiting for an old friend. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that it was Jaime. like, holy shit, Bran.
2: Whoa. That's one way to call him. Like, holy crap.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was-
2: if you think yeah. about the fact that Bran is now the three eyed Raven, Bran is detached from the feelings of anger and, yeah. and emotion. But, but he Jamie also was. knows that yeah. but he knows that Jamie comes with the news that Cersei is, is double crossing them. Yeah. And so that's super important because Tyrion just said, Oh, you know, the Lannisters are gonna help out blah blah blah. So um, having Jamie arrive really sets like, I feel like for Bran, he, he's like, yes, all the pieces are coming together. He already knew this was going to happen. So, like, good, now you can tell them this thing. You know, and he's, if you, if you think about this as the, you know, the actual game, you know, the Game of Thrones, Bran is the ultimate, like, narrator of all of this stuff. <laughs> he's just like, I already know what's going to happen. Okay, and in walks Jamie and now. You know, and it's kind of like, and and I feel like that's why he's just staring in all of the scenes. Like he's like, okay, and then this is gonna happen, on cue, and now this is gonna happen. You know, and it's just I I think it's it also alludes to the magical nature of Brand's um, three eyed ravenness. Is that a word? Three eyed ravenness.
1: It's gonna be a word now. It is. Now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, no, you. All dude, those points are good. Yeah, no, like.
3: Brand the Stark whole
1: also
3: <laughs> the whole time that was that that um, that meeting was happening, I was like playing like the Kill Bill siren music in my head, um, yeah. and like, uh, like I was playing like the freaking like surprise
1: bitch, bitch, you thought you see the last of me, like oh my god, there was there was a video on Twitter that was like how Game of Thrones really ended, and they had that I don't know if you guys know the song, but that damn song from Fergie. And it starts off at the beginning, and it's just the guy saying, oh, shit. And the and the song's going on in the background, and it's just, like, epic. And it just zooms in on Jamie's face and then Bran's face. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I <laughs> felt watching it, though. I felt that because even if Bran doesn't feel anything, Jamie feels it. And that's how you know that, 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 that that's a character that's, like, gone through the motions and is – going through his own redemption, like, he probably really does feel like shit right now. Like, let's be real, like, he's like, I threw a kid off the window, you know, because my sister told me and because to save my own skin, and now he has to come face to face with that, and I wonder, whew, is it Sunday yet? Did did we just transfer to (laughs) Sunday (laughs) Because I am so ready to see how this ends. The things I do for love. And at least what he thought was love, huh?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I've never doubted that they love each other. You know, like I don't know, it's just such a weird
1: relationship. But like, you can tell. I because... think he did love her. I think he does love her. I think Cersei has like a twisted way of loving somebody. Oh yeah. So, like, I think she loves she loves him because it's like convenient or because he does what she tells him to do. You know, yeah. like her her conditions for loving someone, I don't think are genuine. Um, ever, but yeah, I, I do th- think he loved her. Yes. Yeah. I
3: think Cersei has only ever loved her kids. Like, that's mm-hmm. everything that she ever loved. And that's why I think it's, like, such a big deal that they all, they're all, t- but anyways, like, this moment, this, like, that reunion was for sure my favorite moment <laughs> <laughs> in the, like, in the show, like, not the show, but, like, the episode. Like, it was just so good i and then it ended and i was like what that's it
1: (laughs) no you can't leave me like that but it was great it was i I mean that's just one of many that's gonna happen because we need jamie to come face to face with with john because the last thing he said the first time he met john he insulted him um he's gonna meet danny you know he killed her dad although for that one You know, you can't be too mad at him because her dad wasn't even who he... Like, he was like a shell of himself. He descended into madness and barely recognizable, you know. So, but he... I mean, that was still her dad. You know, her whole house is gone and he played a part in that by killing her dad. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he has no allies in that place except maybe Tyrion. And maybe... And probably Bran as uh, Veneta... mentioned earlier that he knows everything so he can he can uh verify you know confirm for jamie when he's there and he's telling them everything and brad can be like it's true and i love that brad too can only say a couple of things you know he's not giving all of the the information out it's kind of like it has to happen when it happens he can't tell them everything about the future he can just tell them bits and pieces and then we got to work our way to making sure that that doesn't happen or to prevent it from happening. So I really like that they use it in that way instead of as um you know what like a loophole or something that's like with no consequences. Because I feel like we are gonna lose a lot of people and Bran probably already knows this, but he can't tell us.
3: Yeah, and I feel like he's starting to like move the pieces too. Like he the way he told Sam, like John has to find out and it has to be you. Like it mm-hmm. he's not interfering but he yeah. He's not, like, saying things directly, but he is, like, you know, moving things here and there. And I feel like he might be doing a little bit more of that um, in the episodes to come. Maybe he'll deal with Jamie. I don't know.
1: Well, they they, they do make it a point to say that Brad might not know everything right in the second. It's kind of like visions come to him when things happen. Like, we saw him figuring it out with Sam. And in that moment, we were with Brad when he found out that you know, John is the child of Lyanna and Rhaegar. Like, he didn't already know that. It was after talking to Sam about everything, he looked through all of his knowledge and he found that, that moment in time. So, mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing that they're doing in, in with the show, because otherwise, Bran is just, he's just an easy tool to use and we win. Yeah, that's it. But I don't think it's that simple. And I'm glad that they're making it that way. Um, anyone else have anything to say about Winterfell or Bran before we move on to uh king's landing we're about to go to the south all right then um oh not quite a bit happens here we just kind of get back with cersei we remember that you know of course she's double crossing everybody um she sent euron to go get the golden company which is what we see um for the king's landing scenes uh he's coming back with the the army with um, no elephants With no elephants. Disappointing. We're all waiting for those, you know, elephants. But maybe we'll still get the giant spiders. We'll see. Um, Surprisingly, we didn't have money for the budget of the elephants. But we'll see. Um, But Euron comes back. And uh, he... You know, he insists yet again that he deserves, you know, a particular reward for his undying loyalty and services. And, of course, Cersei gives the iconic line, you know, if you want a whore, buy one. If you want a queen, earn her. Fantastic. Everyone's going to be using that for the rest of forever. That's going to be Game of Thrones' legacy um, after it's gone. Kind of doesn't have a big impact when after she says that, like maybe a minute or two after, she ends up sleeping with him. And, um, but I guess that was her power move. Cersei always took pride. Well, not pride, but Cersei knows how to use, you know, her body, her sexuality as a tool. And she knows that she's getting older, but this guy still, you know, wants her. So she's going to use it. Although he's slimy and he's just straight up gross. And, like, I don't like Cersei. I can't wait till she gets what's coming to her. But, Lord, I hate this guy, too. Like, he is disgusting, and I just cringe when I see him talking to her the way he does. Like, even though Cersei's done some bad shit, and I hate her, and I can't wait for her to die, I hated watching the way he was talking to her. I don't know. Just didn't like it. I'm and gonna put a baby in you. Ugh, I know. So I was, my eyes wanted to twitch, and I was just like, "Can you die, please? Like, I'm done with you, please." But
2: like, Euron's character is like the epitome of misogyny, and yeah. you have to think about like we've we've had to have these types of characters because they really do move the story. Because mm-hmm. we had um, oh, what's his name? Sansa killed him. Why well, can't I cannot remember Ramsey. his name? Oh. Thank you, Ramsey. So we had Randy, and he was like the epitome of misogyny. And so then, without him, you know, like, hey, who's going to be the misogynist? Hey, now we got Euron. Now Euron gets to be the misogynist. I think that there's, like, something about having these, like, really misogynistic characters that helps, um, like, solidify against this person because it's so blatant as opposed to like if it were just subtle it'd be a little bit more difficult to to hate him so easily because we know he's got to die he's got to die
1: I mean he's doing his job too like yeah he got his reward and stuff but he's he's still working with Cersei like he's still gonna do what he's got to do no matter how you know sexist and gross he is so we need him there so you know he dies we all can cheer so absolutely that's the service that he's gonna provide as a character um, and I really do wonder how long he's going to survive this. Um, which brings me to another thing, which is how long is Bronn going to survive? Because bron has been a fan favorite. Um, and uh, he's still on Cersei's side, even though Jamie's left. Um, but one of my hopes that I said last season was I hope that Bron gets, gets the hell out of Dodge. Like, he needs to get out of King's Landing and he needs to go and fight with the living. Because Bron is out for himself. So, he already saw dragons, he knows that Daenerys is coming, and yet he's still with Cersei. I know you're smarter than that, Bronn, get the hell out of there. Um, and now we're going to find out if he will, because Cersei, you know, she sends Kyburn uh, or Qyburn, it's Kyburn, I believe, um, to bribe him with, well, she doesn't really say, just like, you know, money, obviously, uh, to go and kill her brothers, go assassinate them, and she will pay him. And whatever he wants and you know Bron can't turn down such a payment but will he do it for his two best friends or is he really just the type of person that's out for himself and he'll do it or
3: will you uh, remember the deal that Tyrion said before like any any person that tells you to kill me I'll double it yeah absolutely
2: no, that's,
1: true. that's true and I think Brunt is really out for... Like, I love him. Like, I think he's he's a joy to watch every time we see him. He has some clever lines. I enjoy him. Um, But he is out for himself. However, I do think that if he goes to Winterfell, you know, or whatever, to assassinate them, and he sees the army of the dead, he sees what's happening, he will switch sides. Um, And I do still think he has a bond with the brothers, honestly. And that might play a part in it, but... I don't know. That's that's my hope for the character. But I really wonder what they're going to do with him. He is a fan favorite. I don't know if they'll be brave enough to kill him. Um, but I don't think Brian needs any redemption. But uh, if he were to die for one of them, that would be really surprised. Because a lot of the times where he had chances to save them or, you know, like, die for them, he's never really taken it. I know he saved Jamie last season, Um and then he also told Tyrion that he missed him. So there's a little bit there. Like I, I really wonder what he's gonna do here. Um, do you guys have anything to say about the King's Landing stuff? Um Yeah, so for
3: Ron, I was just thinking, yeah, he did save Sa Jamie, but um then he was like I guess doesn't get to kill you <laughs> like you don't get to kill you, I kill you because you owe me, you know? Like there was that kind of you know, interest there. Uh but yeah, Bron like he's just he's just such an enjoyable character. I I hope he doesn't die, you know, like I don't feel like he needs to die. Like there are some characters that need to die. But Bron Bron can stay.
1: He should
3: uh, stay <laughs> and I have to say I loved in like I don't want to say I love, but I really enjoyed the scene with, like, Cersei and Euron. I love Cersei. Like, I just love to hate her, you know? Yeah. She is so good. Lena Headey is so good. A queen. And I loved the way, like, her acting after they, you know, did the deed, um she was, like, she looked so disgusted. Like, after he left, oh my god, it was so good. I was like, oh, I am so sorry for you. (laughs) Like, she is just so good. And I, like, I know she has to die, but I'm, like, I just hope she gets to do really cool and badass and evil things before she goes. (laughs)
1: I'm with you on love to hate cersei because I, I she's gonna die i really don't think she's gonna die i think she will i think it's gotta it's gotta happen like yeah. just how just how um all the villains died like they died in a way that they deserve to be cersei has been the ultimate villain like she's she's done her move she played her her part and um she hasn't changed there's no redeeming qualities in her especially now that all her kids are dead like she she's not gonna have anybody on her side and that's not that's gonna be like her downfall like she's in power right now but without the support she's not gonna she's not gonna survive she has nobody in her corner nobody that's worthy um she cannot beat the army of the dead i think that'll but then again if it is one of her brothers killing her like that's a great like i don't know I mean, the prophecy. Like, what else does the prophecy mean? It all came true so far. So, I mean, she's got to die. And if she doesn't, Priscilla, I'll give you all the points. I will give you all the credit. And I will literally be shocked if she does not die. (laughs) Like, Lena's done an amazing job. Cersei will be a character we will not forget. Um... And I can I can admire her. I can I, like with all of the the plays she's made and how how long she survived. But Lord, she needs to die. <laughs> she needs what to about die.
2: this, guys? What if what if the way she dies is because Bron is actually able to kill one of the brothers, and then that brother ends up choking her? That would be like even better because Ooh, the like, prophecy says well, the prophecy woman. says that her brother will kill her by choking her yeah that would be really cool i
3: I, it's gotta be jamie (laughs) it has to be (laughs) i'm just saying that's all i want i don't care what else happens it just has to be jamie
1: that's crazy can he really choke her with that weird hand is that gonna work
2: He Uh, can choke her with one arm
1: that's true that's true that's true oh man oh i'm Oh, God. Did anyone else have anything to say? Okay, then. There's just two last things, guys, that um, we need to finish up with. And that's just the the small scenes that happen with... um, First, I'll talk about Theon and Yara. Maybe they're not our favorite characters or they are your favorite characters. But they have to include them in here because Yara is the heir to the Iron Thrones, as is Theon. Although... Theon wants Yara to be the one to rule because she is the rightful heir um and he very quickly they resolve this she was kidnapped she was a prisoner he comes to her rescue with like the elves from Rivendell um (laughs) (laughs) I mean come on you you when you looked at them in there with their armor and the bow and arrows it was it was the elves from uh, Lord of the Rings coming in there waiting for Legolas to show up or something um and he rescues her they're on their ships and they're talking and she's like you know i'm gonna go back and rule and if they need a place to retreat she has the iron islands and then maybe they can't cross the water you know so like we we got it here but i know you want to go back with the starks and you want to go and help over there and theon is like yeah that's what i want to do and i kind of love that like this is theon's journey like holy crap like i think we could write like a novel about like everything that he's been through because i hated him too with his, the way he was that he felt entitled and spoiled and sexist and just, like, all ugly, and now he's done a complete 180, and he wants to stand by, you know, his family, because the Starks were there for him. Even though he was still entitled and snarky, he had a bond with them, and uh he wants to go and help them out. And I just, I love that. Does anyone have anything to say about the two of them?
3: Good on, Dion. I'm glad that he finally fucking, like, grew up up. and became a man Mm -hmm. and uh, like I'm really glad his his sister like beat the hell out of him before like accepting his his, like rescue oh
2: yeah
1: she's like now we're even she's like now we're even you know like you left me bitch but you came back bitch so okay we're even now bitch
2: so yeah (laughs) it was very typical of sibling love I think the 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 funniest line from Yara was like, you know, what is dead may never die, uh, will never die, but if they do kill him again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like her little like dig about the, the, the walking dead was like really kind of cute. Yeah, I
1: love, yeah. I, I love Yara. I hope we get a little bit more of her. I hope we get to see her fight. You know, I'm just loving all these strong women knowing how to fight and kicking to ass. So I need some of that.
2: Somebody needs to teach Sansa how to fight, though, because like I'm, I'm digging her Lady of Winterfell thing, but I don't want her to just be like, oh God, somebody save me.
1: Yeah, maybe she'll be like a like a strategist. You know, I think she could. I think she could definitely do with the way things happen at the Battle of Winterfell. I mean, or the Battle of the Bastards. Um, I think she'll be able to help with the plans or something. I hope they do give her something to do and not just be a damsel in distress. I don't think. I don't think they should regress her character or regress the writing for her. I think mm-hmm. she's going to remain strong. So I want to know what they're going to do um, when the time comes. I'm excited for all the characters. I want to see what everyone has to do or what they can offer. So that will be fun. Um, yeah. yeah.
3: I don't think, like, I mean, Sansa, like, yeah, maybe she won't physically fight, but she's like, she's... Being fighting other ways, and, like, she's been a really cool character in other ways. I'm just, like, really excited to see her, like, be, I don't know. Like, um, I to guess be in to practice movement. all the things that she's learned from, like, all the men of um, King's Landing.
1: Or maybe she doesn't have to, like, do something with the army of the dead, but maybe when Cersei's army's coming, she might know... thing or two of how Cersei operates because she spent a lot of time with her and she seems to be the only one level headed right now on how to deal with Cersei. Like she hasn't forgotten what happened to her and how she was treated. And so maybe that's where we're gonna see like her really shine. Um but remember we have a lot of characters to like hate her to here, so we'll see.
3: And she's like she knew immediately when like Tyrion mentioned like, Oh, the Lannister army's coming She was like, No they're not like mm-hmm. she just right
1: the, 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 the sure Jan um uh meme. Like, Yeah, sure, she's coming, whatever, you're a fool to think she is. I can't wait to, until like everyone's like, Oh well Sansa was right. Like yeah. my girl finally getting the respect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am just a big Sansa fan I'm just saying like I even though she did annoy me in season 1 just a little bit I still grew to like her a lot because she fought a lot with um with what she had which was her mind, her kindness and her manipulation because even though Marjorie was a way better one because she was older and more experienced she was still before Marjorie came she was still able to manipulate Joffrey in little ways that people didn't catch on so she can do this. I believe in her and I can't wait to see what they're gonna do with her with all the magical stuff and Cersei's army. Um
2: but okay. last And don't don't forget that Arya still has her list and Cersei's name is on the top, mm-hmm. so there's is that gonna,
1: people might think that she's gonna wear the mask of Jamie or something and choke her or something. Like that, that, would,
2: could be be yeah, that would be Tyrion, good. Yeah, or Tyrion.
1: whatever. That'd Maybe. be enough as long as it's Jamie. <laughs> And that's this maybe... But don't they have to be dead to borrow a face? Oh, yeah. Oof. Oof. I don't want to think about that right now. I told you I didn't want to cry, so I don't want to think about that right now. Um, anyways, <laughs> lastly, girls, the last thing we need to talk about is just the Night's Watch and the wildlings. We don't get too much of them, just the fact that we know that they're on the run because the wall broke and they were there. And I guess the army of the dead goes into hiding you know, for a little bit, and then, so they have time to move around and to, you know, try to get back to the north or to Winterfell um, as fast as they can, and they're traveling around the Umber's castle, which, if you were paying attention, because I was, and then it clicked all at the last second, um, when they're at that meeting in Winterfell, Sansa tells, you know, Lord Umber that, you know, bring your people here, and, uh, you know, we'll be good, so apparently... The army's already there. Killed everybody. We see um, uh, Tor- uh, Tormund and Ed. I love Ed. Ed's like probably one of my favorite like minor characters. Uh, run into each other, and Ed's like, "Get him!" His eyes are blue, and he's like, "They've always been blue." Like that was just like really <laughs> great. I love this. And then they freak us the freak out. We get that scene of. Uh, Again, a parallel to the first episode where those guys are beyond the wall and they get, like, that weird, like, signs, aliens thing with all the body parts and it's in that circle and it's all weird. It's the same exact thing except with a dead kid in the middle. Oh, no, I think they had a kid there, too. I don't know what it is with dead kids, but the writers are doing it right. And torment is like talking you know facing us but we're seeing the little kid in the back i didn't catch him open his eyes oh my god until somebody next to me said like oh his eyes open i was like what really what happened and as soon as i said that the little kid was like "Ah!" And and i screamed and like my i screamed my sister screamed next to me and like we were just freaking out and then they burned him and then he was screaming some more and i was just like i'm done like, turn off the TV. I'm done with all of this. I didn't sign up for this. Like, I, didn't, I didn't sign up for Game of Thrones to be scared. I want magical and violence. I don't want horror. But that was some good stuff. What did you that guys think good. about this?
3: Fucking jump scares.
1: Oh, I hate It was that. a good one, though. Like, people are like, so oh, good. like, it was, and the little kid screaming, I think, got to me, too. Like, his high-pitched voice, like, oh, my God, I was, I'm done. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to rewatch that part. I'm telling you all right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good.
2: It was too much for me. <laughs> um, I knew it was coming because as soon as I saw him, I was like, okay, that kid's about to come back to life. But still, it, um, it freaked me out. But I did love that scene because I was wondering who survived the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but during the opening scenes... Like, when they are showing the the board, the the, um, Game of Thrones board, and the opening credits, Mm -hmm. they show the wall, it's broken, and they show this, like, path of where the um, Night King is going. And, like, the tiles keep turning blue, so it's, like, showing where the White uh, White Walkers are going, and it shows them, like, smash right through um, the Umber's home.
1: Oh really? So it was already in the title. It was already it was in the-, the title.
2: Yes. Damn, and I was so- too
1: hyped by the music. <laughs> <It> was
2: <safe. laughs> I was hyped, but I was trying to watch because I know that they always put Easter eggs there. So I was like, okay, what is this? I- now, I knew it was gonna cut. He, they were gonna hit a home, like a, uh, you know, one of the houses, but I couldn't tell which house that was until we see, you know, them going to the Umber home, and I was like, oh man. But that little kid, oh, that you know, really like.
1: Bad, yeah. But I'm I glad know. he did now because he scared the shit out.
2: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> <That laughs> for real, for real, did.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually good. I forgot to write that in my notes, but shout out to the opening, brand new opening. It looked epic. Like, what a way to go for season eight. Like, I, I mean, the music's still the same, but it's still epic as ever. But, um. The titles and then the moving pieces, like, it just, it looked fantastic. It looked I just really good,
3: yeah.
1: I agree. It looked nice. The budget I mean, for the show, oh, my God.
3: I am, um, I was watching with a friend, and oh, as soon as the kid, like, we both saw the kid open his eyes. It was so creepy, and he, like, jumped, and he was like, I think I just shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my <laughs> God. Me? Oh my god, my my sister has been teasing me about that scene like like the past couple of days. She even tagged me in a meme today of that that exact thing. It's like a little a little hamster, and it's like me when the little kid from Game of Thrones started screaming, and it's a little scared hamster. And she's like, "Brittany, this is you," and I'm like, "Oh my god, accurate, but I hate you." Like, so I know which hamster you're talking. Yeah, about. you know the little scared one with like a little cross. Like it's a the, yes. the, the,
3: yeah. Yeah, oh that's my crazy. gosh, yeah. But I love that. I I really liked um that her aspect of uh, Game of Thrones. So I missed it. Yeah, I liked it. I thought I thought it was really well done, and I I shade my pants a little bit too. <laughs> <It was laughs> and that's
1: really- coming from from me. I am a horror fan. Like I I am in the horror fandom. I love horror movies, scary movies. I love slashers. Like I am a big fan of all of that. But I was like, take that from Game of Thrones, because I, I'm here to watch, like, mind games and zombies and, like, killing them. But I didn't want to get scared. But, man, that was, that was fun. That was great. I didn't expect that. So I like when the show can surprise me. Um, anything else you guys want to mention about the episode, a moment, a line, or something before we move on to MVP?
2: I want to say another thing about the opening credits that um, something else that they did that was a little different was, you know, they used to just show each sword with the house sigil on it. Now the house sigil is showing some part of the story. And it's really kind of neat if you, like, I'm, um, I watch it a few times. I'm a nerd. But um, if you go through and, and look at, you know, um, it has the dragons and, and then has uh, – Viserion turning into a white. It has, you know, like, just little little bits of the story that we already know, and then, like, a little bit of foreshadowing of other things that are going to be happening.
3: I did read about that, but I didn't actually... I haven't actually gone back and watched it, but I think after this I might.
1: Yeah, me too. I actually forgot that they do that in the, in the opening season. There's also... um that whole thing of, like, from last season when Bran is getting the visions of the past and the future, there is, like, a big thing that people are talking about with theories and stuff um, where they see um, a dragon shadow going over King's Landing, and I read a really cool theory from somebody that said what if uh, what if Half of the army of the, knights, the army of the dead is going to Winterfell, but the bigger one is going to King's Landing, and that's what it's not. Danny attacking King's Landing; it's actually Viserion with the Night King.
2: That so, like, would be so freaking yeah, fantastic! So, so, like,
1: instead of like Cersei thinking she gets the upper hand because she's sending her whole army to Winterfell, which leaves her defenseless in King's Landing. I love so. it. Yeah, somebody put that and I was like, holy fuck, that is amazing. So if that happens, I'm cool yes. with knowing that. But um, that's pretty First cool. she would, like, eat her words. <laughs> yep. Yep. And even if the prophecy doesn't come true, I would really like that because I think it was in the trailer. I don't think it was today. Or no, it wasn't no, today, excuse me. It was in the episode where Kybern tells her, uh, I, I bring some news that the wall has fallen and she says, good. And I'm like, a yeah. the bitch, they coming for you now. If that theory is true, they coming for you. So, you know, <laughs> if that turns out to be true. But um, anything Who, else, guys?
2: Who's Just sending ravens?
1: Um, isn't question. it the Citadel? <laughs> the Citadel hasn't fallen yet, so it's probably them.
2: But, like, so do you think that the Night's Watch sent the ravens in? And, hey, the Whites are here. They broke through the wall. I mean, and like...
3: she's still, like, the queen of kings, like, uh, Westeros. So, I guess that, like, they still have to, like, answer to her?
1: Or maybe just some, some random people, like, like you know, they see that the, the wall's so big and then they saw... I mean, I don't know. Someone's got to send the news. There's got to be little messenger boys uh, going off around there. But I assume it's the Citadel that would probably already have word that... There is no more Night's Watch. Nobody's there. The towns probably around are, like, there are no dead bodies. Like, something's got to give here. But maybe we'll get more of that in the next episode since they packed up a lot here with the reunions and stuff. Okay.
2: That's true. I
3: just wanted to point out my favorite line from the episode, which was just kind of, like, Sansa being, like, what do dragons eat anyway? And then Danny was just, what they want? <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. That was so sparky. <laughs> that was amazing and but yeah. i hope you do become best friends but oh my god that's gonna be Their fun it's like so
3: intense oh my
1: gosh i love it i just i understand where science is coming from though because anyone that's ever like giving her a reason to trust them has like betrayed her except for like Brienne, aria and john you know like everyone yeah. else has I mean, we gotta we gotta remember it was like what five six years of her being with people that just kept selling her or using her yeah. or whatever, and now she's finally within her own power, within her own home. So she's going to be she's suspicious. at home, and
3: now these like random
1: corners comes
3: in, and like I am totally on her side. Like I totally get her here, and like I I mentioned before that I didn't really like Dan in this episode because she was. Will- was like just so arrogant, you know? Yeah, she <laughs> um, came off as
1: yeah. I I'm with you on that one. I felt that too. and That's because I it too. I was like Danny, mm, you should try to yeah. be friends with people. You know, there's a reason why you became queen. It's not because you're arrogant. It's because you're kind. And, yeah,
3: I mean, to be fair, yeah. she did. She was really kind to Sansa when she came in, but Sansa was like not. It looked kind of fake.
1: It looked kind of yeah. fake.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and then like I really, oh, I really disliked when uh, Danny was talking to John and he was like, your sister doesn't like me. I'm her queen.
1: (laughs) I'm like, bitch, you just got here. Like, like we don't have to be best friends, but she can like me. And I was just kind of like, this is where I'm not really liking Danny, you know, because she has the power and all that stuff. But don't forget, you know, where you come from and like who you are at your core. This is who she's going to become. Like, as a queen, I'm not really going to be on her side because... If, it, if she should bond with anyone, it should really be Sansa. Like their stories are very similar, mm-hmm. in that they were both prisoners in places that they didn't want to be, and used and abused and raped. Like, you know, out of everyone, the two of them sh- should understand each other. Out of every, out of what Danny's been through, she should know it's hard to trust people, and that trust is earned. So Danny should make an effort, you know, to be genuinely um nice and kind and get to know sansa
2: and i think yeah i don't know i think that it's in keeping with her character because she because of all of that history that you just said um she doesn't trust people either so it is natural that they are not going to be they're not going to warm up to each other immediately that that's a given and also the fact that um Yeah. Let's look at the way Danny was, you know, in all of her situations and all the times that she was used and abused and and all of that stuff. She's developed a really thick skin. And so she's no longer in the space of begging people to like her, begging people to respect her. Now she's like, you will respect me because. And so that is where she has gotten to. But then on the flip side, Sansa has done the same thing. And so Sansa's like, you will respect me because. Mm-hmm. And so what we're seeing, this tension, is basically them mirroring each other and John's in the middle.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. John is like, that's my sister. And, you know, she saved my ass in the Battle of the Bastards when she told me not to do. You know, what she told me not to do, I did it. And, you know, she saved my ass. And then I have here Danny who risked her life to go and save you know me and my crew even though I wasn't supposed to go out there and stay there but she went back and she you know she went back for me and stuff so like I hope things resolve eventually because we ain't got a lot of time but it doesn't I don't want it to be too quick either you know these things come with time building a friendship or just trust in general doesn't have to be a friendship just something to where everybody can be on the same page yeah yeah so you know, I love all these characters, so I kind of want them all to get along, you know, and I want some best friendships coming in here. But honestly, if, we, if we're just going to get Sansa and Arya like as like the united siblings, the, the united front, then I'm okay with that too.
2: Um, That's
1: but, uh, anything else, guys? Until uh, before I get into MVP.
2: Nope.
1: Alrighty then, let's get into that. So let's talk about our most valuable players, guys. Which character impressed you the most and why? The rules are simple. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. If someone has already mentioned the character you were going to choose, you must select a different one. Okay then. Because this is our first time, I will go first because I've done this before and I have my MVPs written out here. Um, And I will give you guys time to think about who is your MVP. And if I steal it, well, sorry, not sorry. I am Lord Commander. My word goes, bend the knee or burn. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. Okay, guys, my MVP is going to go to the person that I've been talking about the most because I love her. Um, It's going to go to Sansa. I was waiting to see her beautiful face grace my screen, and I wanted to see how things were going to happen with Danny. And I just really love that she stood her ground and that she can still talk to John. And, you know, tell him, you know, I do trust you, but you need to be careful. You know, she's still using her head. Um, it's such a 180 from, like, her character in season one where she was like, I want to marry Joffrey. I want this and that. And now she's like, I got to use my head. I love that. And then her snark with Tyrion, but it's really nice reunion. I just, I really liked Sansa in this episode. There was a lot to love, a lot of people to love in this episode, but I really was looking forward to Sansa's stuff. So it's going to be Sansa for me. Okay, then. Priscilla, you may go next. Who was your MVP?
3: I'm going to keep it with the Stark siblings and keep it with Arya, because I loved... <laughs> I loved seeing her reunion with the Hound. I loved seeing her reunion with Dendry. I loved seeing her reunion with John. Oh, my God. The John almost, like, ripped my heart into like little itty-bitty pieces. <laughs> it was just so beautiful, and... It just her standing Sansa just showed so much growth and just I don't know just seeing Arya grow so much and seeing her become such a like a strong woman and seeing her kind of flirt with Jenry and seeing her like kind of become more of that woman and I don't know, seeing the weapon and seeing what she could become, seeing what will happen later on. Like, it's just, it's it's a treat to see, and I'm looking forward to more from Arya.
1: Oh, another great choice. Alright, then. Vanetta, you may go next. Who is your MVP?
2: Um, I have to say Samwell.
1: Ooh, okay, he was my number two. Good.
2: Um... I think like his character has shown a lot of growth and we've seen him go from like, you know, the pudgy guy getting beat up on that John kind of takes as his best pal in the beginning of Game of Thrones to being like a maester. Even though, you know, he didn't finish his studies at the Citadel, he probably knows more than most of those masters anyway, because he actually trying to study the works instead of just, like, categorize it. So I think that he's just an amazing character, and he is, he and Brand together, like, working together to to piece together the history and the future is super important, and so... I just love his character and then the scene between him and Danny was amazing because it started off being so joyful and jovial and thank you for saving Jorah and oh um, I happen to be a Tarly Ooh, sorry about that hey I kind of killed your dad oops sorry not sorry he's like yeah he was kind of a dick oh I'd also killed your brother oh wait I loved him like now I'm pissed with you you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that whole thing, that whole scene. And it really was not as many words as I even used because it was mostly his facial expressions and his micro expressions, which are so amazing. And then the next reveal of him and and, and John in the crypts just was amazing. And he is going to be the driving force that pushes John to accept his... Um, his fate. And that's why it was super important for Bran to tell him, like, you have to do this. So I, Sam Wells, my, my character, my MVP this week.
1: Ooh, fantastic choice. I would pick him if someone had picked Sansa, but I went first because I was being selfish. <laughs> <laughs> but only for this week, guys, I promise. Okay, Aura. I heard you I heard you being sad in the background because somebody stole your MVP so I oh hope you have God. a backup. Who is your MVP? I had to think
3: about it, but I think I'm going to go with John. Um he has also had like a lot of growth. Like you've seen a lot of character development development in him, but somehow he's still the same. You know what I mean? Like he's still like good old John, so honorable. Johnny boy, yes. Yeah, he's like <laughs> the Captain America of Game of Thrones. Oh, and I love that. I have always liked John. Like, yeah, sometimes he's dumb and too honorable, but that's just him. And I feel like I just see so so much of Ned in him, and I really. And just like just the see that scene with Sam, uh, when he finds out who his true parents are, like just that scene alone just makes me think. Okay, yeah, he's like totally my MVP. And Kit Harrington did such a like an amazing job acting out that scene, especially considering the camera was on him like the whole time. You could see him, like, just how this like the news hit him, like, and and your mom is Liana and it's like, whoa, and then your dad was Bregar Targaryen. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, you know, you could see all the emotion on his face. It was just really, really good. Um, and just like all his interactions with Danny and Sansa, I thought, I thought he was just really good today. And I feel like he's gonna do more important things later, so this might be the only chance I get to pick him. <laughs>
1: Oh man, that's a good one. But I don't know, we got a lot of characters, so we'll see what happens. But okay then, it is just the last thing, guys, um, to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to to 10 silver stags? The point system is allowed, so you can do 8.5, 9.5, whatever you like. But if you deem the episode more than a 10, you may grant it a gold dragon coin. So now we're going to go in reverse order. Aura, you may go first. How would you rate this episode?
3: I'm going to give it a 10 right away. I'm like, it was just such a good start, such a good setup for everything that's going to happen. But also it started like moving the plot forward right away. Like I never expected John to find out about his parents on the first episode. Like that was like, yeah, just go, go, go. And I really like that because we only have six episodes. So yeah um it was a really good just first episode but it was also not all set up like it was there was a lot of talk but there was a lot also a lot of doing so i'm really this episode just got me really really hyped up about what's to come so i'm gonna give it a 10 because i loved it
1: all right our first 10 out of 10. Which I think you're playing it safe, too, because we're going to get, like, 80-minute episodes, and those are probably going to be the big battles, and that's probably where we're going to give our golden, like, I'm already saying it. Um, so, um, Vanetta, you may go next. How would you rate this episode?
2: Um, I think the Easter eggs were, were amazing. The um, ways that they set everything up. It was a lot of information. And if you are not into Game of Thrones, you could have still watched this episode and been kind of okay, because they set a lot of things up for you to still be successful in understanding the storyline. And so for all of those reasons, in addition to, you know, Jon and Arya, I'm going to give it a 10.
1: All right, we're on the ten train over here. Are we? Is it going to continue? I don't know, Priscilla. Will you do the honors? What? Wh- how would you rate this episode?
3: Ah, uh, you're going to kill me because I'm not going to give it a ten. <laughs> oh my gosh! Why are you breaking the cycle? <laughs> I'm ahead. giving it. I'm giving it a nine, just because, like, I I, I want to hold out those tens for the for when the battles occur, for when like the big things occur. Because right now it feels like it's setting up for stuff. It feels like it's ramping up for things to occur. Like it's it's giving me it, it's 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 giving me the scaffolding for things to occur but it's not really the big things yet like
1: it's like the it's, appetizer of like what of the course the three-course meal that you're yes, eating. yes
3: exactly so like it's good but it's not great and for that i'm giving it a nine
1: Oof, all right we got off the 10 out of 10 train are we gonna get back on it I don't know. Brittany, are we? Yes, I'm talking to myself in third person. But no, <laughs> actually, I am with you, Priscilla. I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. Um, by the way, the way I see 9s, 10s, and goldens are like all A's, except just with more pluses. Um but this was a great premiere. It wasn't like cultivated. It wasn't like you were lost. Like they gave you the info, but all the reunions were beautiful. And I would give it a gold for some reason, only because there was a lot of happiness in this episode with everybody smiling, everyone's happy. There's a little bit of tension, but there was some laughter. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I probably would have given it a nine point five, but that little kid scared me, so I'm gonna give it a nine. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, um, I'm with you, Priscilla. I feel like the big battles I always give a gold and I can I know we're going to have a, a lot of that this season and I'm going to save that for that but that doesn't mean that this episode was terrible or it wasn't good enough it's just it was good like if I want to go back and have some really nice feels I'll come and watch this episode but starting off with a 9 uh, you know or a 10 is already like fantastic so we can only I mean we can just go up from here honestly we can get more 10s we can get more golds we'll see but yeah a 9 for me um but that's it guys now our watch has ended join us next time for a brand new installment of the throne room once again here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us
4: follow poppy chula radio on social media we are on facebook instagram twitter and youtube at poppy chula radio do you have any questions suggestions comments or concerns Email us via contact at Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Throne Room and subscribe.
1: Thanks, announcer. Co-host, what do we say to the God of Death? Not Not today. today. Please wish the listeners a good night.
2: Good night, everybody.
1: Have a good good night.
2: Good night.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Throne Rune every Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chilo Radio archives. For the night is dark and full of terrors. Good night.